Welcome to the Modern Elder Woman Podcast. We are here today to start a conversation, to assemble resources, and to build a community. This podcast is for empowered women in midlife and beyond who are preparing for or in the midst of a powerful third age. My name is Amy A. Palmer. I am your host and facilitator for our conversations. All women are welcome here. And we will be highlighting and spotlighting all the women over 45 who are living an untraditional lifestyle, whom I like to call blueprint breakers. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Would love to hear from you, love to hear your feedback, ideas, suggestions, or if you'd like to be part of a future episode, you can reach me via email at amy at amyapalmer.com. Before we jump into today's episode, I do want to take a moment to thank you. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends. Thank you for rating, reviewing, downloading the episodes. I truly, truly appreciate your support. Would love for you to join us in our Facebook group, The Modern Elder Woman Podcast. Um, As we move forward with these episodes, I am looking forward to a global launch in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for special announcements about that. And without further ado, let's jump into the topic. This week, I had a series of aha moments and realizations and definitely wanted to share them with you this week. My original vision for this episode, I I was going to call it Celebrating Blueprint Breakers. And I had the idea of gathering together a small group of women who are living very, you know, non-traditional lifestyles right now and just having a very fun, relaxed, informal conversation uh, of, you know, what is it like? What is it like to be living uh, a non-traditional lifestyle? Um, you know, so what are the what are the highlights? Uh, what are the lowlights? What what are the struggles? Like a little bit of everything of, you know, what's it like? What does your life look like? How do you feel? How does it fit into society as a bigger picture? And I definitely had a vision of of what that could look like with the idea of just really showcasing and honoring and celebrating all of the women out there uh, who are embracing a unique path for themselves. And I I was in for a bit of an awakening and a realization. So I reached out to a handful of friends uh, and people that I that I that I know and that I talk to on a regular basis and invited them to be a part of this episode. Uh, and, you know, with, with no pressure, obviously, you know, this isn't, this isn't for everybody, for sure. So I definitely understood that. Um, but, you know, I shared my intent and goal and vision of the episode, and I in- invited them to join me. And all, uh, all but one, um, admitted that they just were not comfortable doing it. Um, and not because they're, they're not great public speakers and, you know, not because they're intimidated by the, the idea of the podcast, 
Um, actually, they're all extremely supportive and they want to be part of the podcast. It just, this isn't the time, not now. They're, they're, they're in it. They're, they're, they're in the struggle. They don't necessarily feel like they're in the best place to be able to talk about what could potentially be some sensitive areas. So, I mean, I, it was like a, a duh kind of moment for myself because I am just so recently and freshly on the other side of, you know, a, a really deep, dark time. Um, and, you know, I, I, not everybody else is on the other side of it yet. And many, many, many of you are going through it. You're in the thick of it. And this week was just a reminder to me of that. Uh, And there was a lot of talk about, they, they just didn't feel comfortable talking about their current experience uh, beyond just with their close friends. Um, There's a little bit of shame uh, attached to being in a struggling time um, and, and not being happy with, with your place in life. And I completely and totally understand that. Uh, so it, it, it was a learning for me. And so that's this episode, that's why we changed the name to Going Through It. Because yes, I, I get it when you're in it and when you're struggling, you're not ready to, to talk about it in, in a way that can be you know, constructive and, and inspiring, et cetera. So I did get their permission to share a little bit of their stories anonymously. So I'd like to share a little bit of, about where they are currently. So without mentioning any names um, and or and any identifying specifics, I just want to share just a little bit of what some of the women that I, that I know um, are going through. So I heard a lot of talk about being, being at a crossroads, being at a, a big transition. Some have made major changes in their lives. More than one has packed up all their stuff and moved out of state um, far away. Uh, similar to what I've done. So they've moved far. Uh, Several have either changed jobs or lost their job uh, recently or retired or they're they're struggling with their job. So that's a a very prevalent challenge. Uh, I had one friend mention that she doesn't even know how to articulate how she feels about where she is right now. So she's focused and committed to working on that and, and putting in the work. You know, I, I've heard, uh, there's just, there's a lot around career and what direction to go with career. There's a lot of uh, mention of finances and thinking about the future and being concerned about the future, the unknown of the future. Uh, I, I, I heard a lot about, I don't, I don't know what's ahead. I don't know who's going to 
you know, ultimately take care of me in my old age. Um, so I, I, I heard a lot about that, the struggles, the struggles that I knew were there, but it's, they're not necessarily conversations that I have with my girlfriends in casual conversation. And so hearing them express that, I mean, it was good to have the conversation and to hear them express it and to talk about it. But, um, it, it was just eye opening for me, uh, that, Everybody is sort of at a different place and phase in it. There was there was definitely some mention of longing for a partner. Um, not n- not everybody that I that I know that's struggling is feeling that way, but some are, and they can't quite. They're they're not sure if it's that they really want a partner or they just are tired of dealing with all the challenges and issues alone on their own, which I. I totally understand. You know, I had one friend that says, you know, I total, I understand that I am not going to find my happiness in another person. I get that, but it would just be nice to have that companionship, that help and support. Uh, so that is definitely weighing heavy on people's minds as well. Uh, so that was m- most of, of what I heard, um, you know, like, it was, you know, Amy, we love you. We want to help with this. We we definitely want to be a part of this. We want to be able to talk about it at some point, especially on a on a higher level, higher scale. There was I, I definitely I had some good conversation around how um one of my one of my friends was saying, I see that we are being marginalized as women, as women in general, but even as you get older, and we just we really need to be seen and heard and understood. And so everybody's on board with that. They're just not sure that right now is the time that they can that they can sort of put themselves out there, which I totally understand. And then I I reached out separately to the to the one friend who said, "I'm I'm in a really good place. You know, I'm happy, I'm content, I'm feeling good about about where I am in my life." Um, I've gained, I gained perspective through the pandemic. You know, I've let go of a lot of expectation. And if I don't feel like doing something, I don't, I don't do it. Uh, so she, she's in a really good, healthy place. So I, I reached out to her separately because I wanted to hear more about that. Uh, originally, I had a theory. And my theory was that one of the factors that was playing into whether somebody considered themselves in a good place right now and feeling good about their life uh, or not feeling good about their life. And my theory was that it was about finances and about the future. I I do know a lot of us that are underprepared financially for our future. And I was suspecting that that would that was leading to discomfort and that this this one friend who was feeling good and content that it could be that she was feeling a little bit more secure about her future and about you know about her finances and everything but she clarified no that's not the case you know that she she still wor- worries that you know do, do I have enough um am I prepared enough etc so that wasn't that wasn't the the factor that was leading her to to feeling like she's in a good place. 
she really feels, and I agree with her a thousand percent, that she's in a good place because she learned from her father in particular how to have, you know, how to really adjust her attitude and outlook on her life um, and how to sort of look, try to look for the possibilities, look for the positivity, etc. So she really feels like it, it's her thoughts and her outlook that has helped her right now. Um, and I agree because that's what's helped me this year, these last five, six months where I have gotten through the other side of it. My circumstances are really not all that, you know, fantastic. Uh, but my thoughts and my perspective and my outlook is what has changed. So this friend of mine, like she, what, what she shared with me was it, the, the struggle for her has, has, right, has not been like her lifestyle path and choice and all, all of that. And it's not whether she's single or not single or has kids or doesn't have kids. It's, it's not of that. Her biggest struggle recently was losing both of her parents. And that is that was a blow and really shook things up, which... I completely understand. And that whole feeling of, you know, being an orphan. So that was a big, big hit, you know, feeling, feeling that way. And then the other hit for her was years ago when she lost what she thought was her dream job and had trouble finding another equal or better job with ageism and everything else. And it took her a long time to get past that. But once she did get past that, she realized she was identifying herself with her career and the job really wasn't even all that great in retrospect. So it was all how she looked at it. Uh, and it was all, you know, perspective. She, she said something I, I, that I really found uh, very helpful and something that I agree with most of this. She wrote to me, you know, our struggles are similar to our age group, whether or not we are married, single, or divorced. Our challenges may be somewhat different, but it's the path we have taken. The other paths may not have been great. We think they would have been better, but we don't know that. We only have this one life, so make the best of it. So... I just think, uh, you know, I just think she's onto something there. You know, she's enjoying her life. She's enjoying time with her friends. You know, she's not identifying herself by her career. Um, she's spending time with her family and her loved ones. And she's just feeling really good about where she's at. And I think, I think we could all learn from her. I keep calling her my friend, her, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give her a, let's, let's say her name's Evelyn. I'll make up a name, Evelyn. So thank you, Evelyn, for sharing. And thank you, uh, to all of, all of the people that I talked to about participating this week where the timing's not right. I look forward to having our little modern elder woman happy hour and we will talk it through and, laugh and look to the future and just have a good time together as we often have. So going by Evelyn's example, 
of really being able to reframe your thoughts and your perspective and everything, I, I wanted to share something that I learned this year. And I have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, what I'm about to share with you is all is a part of thought work, really working on being aware of your thoughts. And I learned this from uh, Corinne Crabtree, Corinne, C-O-R-I-N-N-E, Crabtree. She is the leader and founder of No BS Women. Um, it is a weight loss program. And this thought work and these steps that I learned were really designed towards weight loss, but it's been, I mean, it, it, it applies on a much, much grander scale. And it's a, a technique that she calls the four N's, N's is in Nancy, the four N's. And it's all around the fact that, so when you have a thought, your thoughts often feel like they're true. You know, it's human nature to, th- to think that what you're thinking in your head is true. We don't necessarily question it. Uh, but when it makes you feel bad, when something that you're thinking then causes a feeling, it makes you feel bad, that's, that's not helpful. It's not valuable. And I mean, we, we call those like bad feelings, like those Debbie Downer thoughts, those uh, negative Nancy thoughts, those, those thoughts that can just spiral and spiral and get bigger and bigger. And the goal is to pivot to a better thought. If you can pivot to a better thought, then you can help influence your feelings. And over time, it will just continue to build momentum for you. So let's, let's walk through the four N's. The first one is to notice. N for notice. Notice your downer thought. What is, what is the thought that's making you feel bad? Uh, so as an example, uh, we could have a thought of, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna die alone. You know that that's a, that's a big one that that we hear when we're single. Oh, you don't want to die alone. You know, and I'm gonna die alone. There's not gonna be anyone there for me. Um, that's a downer thought that can lead to bigger spiraling thoughts. And so the first step is to just notice that you've had that thought. The second step is normalize normalize the thought because the thought, it's just a sentence in your mind. It's really, it's just a thought. It's just something that occurred to you. Now, some thoughts are connected to deeper, deeper challenges of depression, anxiety, worry, and and that can be very, very draining. Um, So that, that requires obviously bigger work, bigger help. Um, And I'm a huge advocate in getting the appropriate medical or therapeutic help that you need. Uh, And we're also not looking to, we're not looking to have our rose-colored glasses all the time. We're not looking to be like toxic positivity or being Pollyanna. We're looking to get to realistic thinking, realistic thinking that is helpful so what you want to do with practicing 
normalizing your thoughts is write down the thought, write down the negative thought, the Debbie Downer thought, the negative Nancy thought that you're having, write it down and ask yourself, why is it normal that I think like this? Why is this, why is this normal? This is just something that I'm thinking right now. Why am I thinking this way? Why, why is it understandable that I'm having this thought? There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your, with your thoughts. A lot of the thoughts that come into your head have been nourished by society, what you've been told, what you've been socialized, um, and what you've been taught. So it could be coming from somewhere else. So it makes sense that after years and years and decades and decades of being bombarded with certain messages, it makes sense that you would have some of these thoughts. So the idea in this second step of normalizing your thoughts is really being a little bit uh, scientific in your approach, analyzing the thought, stepping back from it. And when you write it down, that's what helps you do that. It helps you sort of step back and look at the thought and just really examine where it's coming from and why it's normal that it's there and and not be judgy about it while you're doing it it's you're not wrong for having the thought and you're not bad for having the thought and the thought is not bad it's just a thought it's just a sentence in your head that's triggering a bad emotion so that's all around normalizing the thought the next step step three is to neutralize the thought The goal in this step is to take all of the emotional charge out of your Debbie Downer thought. Uh, Now, and the way that you do that is really getting clear on the difference between a thought and a fact. Thoughts create feelings. Facts do not create feelings. Facts may trigger a thought that you have, which in turn creates a feeling. So really when you're, when you're looking at you know, where, the, where the thought is coming from, try to separate out what the facts are. Facts don't, don't piss you off. Like they're not gonna like trigger you. A fact doesn't trigger you. A fact is something solid, tangible, can often can be measured. Um, so it's important to figure out like how to separate that out. Write down your thoughts. And as you're looking for it and you're separating out what's true, what's the fact versus what's just the thought, have a little, have some compassion for yourself uh, and try to rewrite the thought as boring as you possibly can. Okay. So let's go back to our example. We noticed that we were saying, I'm going to die alone and nobody's going to be with me. Nobody's going to be there for me. Uh, Normalizing that thought is stepping back and going, why do I have, why do I think that? And the answer is because I've been told that and, uh, you know, every single romance movie out there is like, oh my God, hurry up and find your partner or you're going to die alone. I mean, there, there's a breeding of fear in young women of 
you know, quote, ending up alone. So it's very normal that I would have that thought and that sentence, that that sentence might pop into my head. So I'm going to neutralize that. I'm going to die alone. Is that a fact? No, it's not a fact because it hasn't even, it hasn't even happened yet. Uh, and even like, even if I did have a partner and if I did have a million kids, there's still no guarantee that they're all going to be around me uh, when I die. Uh, and do I really not have people who love me in my life? Absolutely, I do. So neutralizing the thought, I'm, uh, let's see, how would I neutralize this one? Um, I have plenty of loved ones around me that will be with me until the end. I have plenty of loved ones around me who will be with me to the end. So that's how you would sort of neutralize the thought. Take the take the charge of emotion out of it. And then the final step is next best thought or action. So again, it's got to be something doable. We're not looking to, like you, you'll notice that I, I didn't try to make it all Pollyanna. No, I, I will still meet my Mr. Wright and he'll be there or whatever. Like I didn't try to like twist it around into pie in the sky. I try I I looked at something realistic and doable. So it's around having a doable thought about your thought, your next thought or action. So you even simply saying to yourself, I'm open to thinking differently about this. I am willing to figure this out. I am willing to try. I am willing to be wrong about this and I'm open to being wrong about this. All of this is sort of reframing and it's a doable thought that will lead you to the next step. So doable thought, doable action. What is one small thing that you can do to show your brain you are willing to think, feel, and do differently? One step that you can take in the right direction. And for me, with this example, my next step is, my, my next thought was, you know, I'm willing to be open to other uh, possibilities. And those possibilities are, I have a lot of loved ones around me, and I am going to continue to foster and nurture those relationships. So in summary, the four steps, notice the thought normalize the thought, neutralize the thought, and then what is the next best thought and or action? I'm hoping that that helps, and I'd love to hear from you if this resonates with you. As I was preparing for this episode and walking through the four ends, and really thinking about thought work and thinking about everything that my friend Evelyn had to say around what's what's helping her be happy right now and thinking about what's helped me as well. Yesterday, a, f- a friend of mine, my friend Beth, tagged me in a post of a movie that was being offered online, a 90-minute movie. And 
In the spirit of sharing resources, I wanted to share this with you. I made a point of watching the movie last night. Thank you, Beth. Thank you for the referral and the suggestion. So the name of the movie is Unsinkable, The Secret to Bouncing Back. And when I saw that and I saw sort of like the intro trailer, I was like, wow, this is like, this is exactly what I'm thinking about and talking about. And it absolutely validates and confirms the, you know, the things that Evelyn was telling me, the things that Corinne Crabtree has taught me. Uh, so all, all about like how to bounce back. So I, I recommend go to unsinkable.com and you can sign up for you know, a free viewing of the movie. It's a 90-minute movie. There, does, there is a little bit of woo-woo in it. There's a little bit of a um, chicken soup for the soul kind of a feel to it a little bit or the secret. Um, but there's, st- there's and, not but, and there's a lot of really good... Uh, conversations, realizations, and talking about thought work. And what does it take? How do you bounce back? You know, what is the secret to bouncing back? The whole project is done by a woman named Sonia Riccati. Um, and it's the cast, it's just an all-star cast of uh, people who are, you know, inspirational and experts in the field of thought work. Uh, Lisa Nichols is a personal favorite of mine, and she was in there. Jack Canf- Canfield, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Bob Proctor, just to name a few. Um, so it, Sonia comes on and sort of summarizes at the end, what are the three secrets to bouncing back? Like one of the, the three steps to take. And <laughs> number one was reprogram your conscious mind. Shift your thoughts and you shift your life. And she gets into a lot of detail around that. Number two was reprogram your subconscious mind. Uncover what your limiting beliefs are. The things that are getting in your way that you're not even aware are getting in your way. And then last but not least, which we haven't really talked about this week, but I look forward to talking about in an upcoming episode. Number three is elevating your vibrational frequency the energy that you're giving out because as you as you know like attracts like so getting yourself into a state of love peace joy and gratitude will attract more of that so i just found it uh very uh timely uh to have crossed paths with this movie again it's free unsinkable.com i will uh share with you though at the end of the movie there is an invitation to purchase a course of you know really how to do this thought work uh, in in more detail uh so i i have no affiliation with this project whatsoever but i i just strongly felt that the um the free portion of the offering was highly valuable and worth sharing Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Modern Elder Woman podcast, Going Through It. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. I would love to hear your feedback. Reach out to me at amy at amyapalmer.com. 
Thank you for sharing, rating, reviewing, and downloading this episode. And I look forward to seeing you in our Facebook group.